Hi everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of Conversations from the Pale Blue Dot. I won't be interviewing any experts today because I wanted to interact with some of your questions. So I asked you to call a number and leave your questions in audio, and some of you did that. So today I'd like to respond to a few of those questions. Hi Luke, this is Molly. I am calling you with a question of advice. I have a friend, a very good friend, who has recently become an atheist, not without my help, I might add. And his family is extremely religious. They're all Christian, and I'm pretty sure they're something like Southern Baptist, where they go to church every Sunday, receive the Spirit, fall to the ground shaking and speaking tongues. They're very religious. They're very firm in their beliefs. And they have no idea that he no longer believes in God. So I guess what I'm wondering is, knowing your background from your story on your blog, if you have some advice for him. Uh, when is the appropriate time to come out of the closet? When and how should he do it? What should he say? I think it's important for him to be honest with his family, and I'm not pressuring him to do it at all, but we don't really even talk about it that much, but I wonder what's the most appropriate way to go about doing that. So if you have any advice, I would love to hear it. Thanks. Hi, Molly. That's a great question, and I'm sure you're not the only one in that kind of situation. First of all, kudos to you for your part in deconverting your friend. I actually did that same thing for my girlfriend, now my ex-girlfriend, a while back, and that's a strange journey to take with someone else so intimately. I hope it wasn't too messy for you. Anyway, about your question, I really, 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 really want somebody to write or edit a book called Losing Your Religion, What to Do After a Crisis of Faith. There are so many people who are waking up to the real world for the first time in our generation, and in America at least, it's likely that all you ever knew as a fresh deconvert was Christianity, and it would be useful to have a book that answers the kinds of questions that you're asking. The closest thing I know of is an organization called Recovering from Religion, which has small groups around the country for fresh new disbelievers to discuss these questions with each other. But I don't know of any book on the subject. Now, I hesitate to offer my advice because I know that innocent but ignorant advice <laughs> <laughs> can often be worse than no advice at all, a fact which is ably proved by self-help books, which are generally awful. But since I came out of the closet myself as an atheist, and I've spoken with lots of people who've done the same, and because I've read some of the relevant research, I hope I can say something of genuine value. We'll see. First, I'll say that I'm not sure how much your friend will benefit from coming out as an atheist. Depending on his family situation and especially his job situation, there could be some 
heavy consequences for coming out as an atheist. I don't know. It depends on the details of his situation. But it will certainly benefit his family and the world in general if he comes out as an atheist, especially if your friend is generally well-liked by his friends and family. It's like when gays started coming out of the closet in the 70s, if you're a conservative Christian and you suddenly discover that two of your lifelong friends are gay, it's hard to still believe that gays are thoroughly corrupt abominations before the Lord or something like that. And if your friend, if he comes out as an atheist, his family will have no choice but to face the fact that atheists are not necessarily evil and foolish and abominations before the Lord. Now, of course, it's very important to actually not be evil and foolish then. So I would advise him to be especially caring and compassionate towards his friends and family for a few weeks before he reveals his atheism. You want to come out of the closet when you're on good standing with people, not when you are in the middle of an argument or some uncomfortableness with them. And when he comes out, I would recommend not at the same time to try to explain to everyone the arguments and the evidence that persuaded him, or maybe his moral reasons for leaving Christianity. It's not like you can give some arguments and then a lifelong Christian will say, wow, I never thought of that before. I guess you're right. Huh, there is no God. I guess I'll have to abandon my entire worldview and the way I've lived my life for 40 years. That's not going to happen. People do not, generally, change their worldviews like that. If your friend explains his rational and moral reasons for leaving Christianity, all that will happen is that people will feel threatened, and they'll get angry, and relationships will be tensed, and maybe even lost. Really, all he needs to say if people ask is, hey, I was a Christian for 25 years or whatever it is, but it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. I just don't think it could be true. And if people press him for more details, he should feel free to share them, but he ought to be careful with that. It's helpful if you set the stage and say something like, well, okay, but do you really want to understand me? Or do you just want to prove me wrong? Or he could say, all right, l let's talk about this, but just remember, I'm not sure I can disprove God or anything. There are just some reasons that make me doubt that Christianity is true. And then if he gives, say, the problem of evil or whatever reasons for his non-belief, it's best to state these doubts as questions and not as arguments aiming to disprove Christianity, because that'll make people feel very uncomfortable. But if you talk about it from your own personal point of view, just you're a person, you're a human being who's earnestly asking questions and having doubts, people respond to that much better than if you're presenting an argument for why they're irrational and they're immoral and they have it wrong. Much better to present it from your own point of view, just, hey, this is why... I'm having a hard problem with this, me. So it's best to make your questions come across as just honest, open questions. Like, how could a good God allow earthquakes to kill and maim thousands and thousands of innocent children? 
I just can't make any sense of that. Or something like, how could a good God condemn people to eternal torture just for doing what he designed us to do? So that just doesn't make any sense to me. Something like that. Just come from your personal point of view, not aiming arguments to disprove their entire worldview and way of seeing the world. That's not going to be received very well. And I made this mistake when I came out, as I listed some of the arguments, and there's just no reason to do that. It's not like you're going to change people's minds. Uh, the immediate focus should be on maintaining the health of the relationship and the respect between persons, and just explaining why you as a person have doubts about Christianity. So I, I think if your friend comes at it with compassion for others and doesn't make it like coming out a big condemning pronouncement on Christians and how they're all wrong about stuff, um, it'll probably work out fine if he's just compassionate about it. Though, of course, his family won't understand. There will be some sadness and maybe some anger, too. It all depends on the nature of his relationships with his friends and his family. But I will say this. Of the... I think dozens, dozens of people I've talked with who have had to come out as non-believers to their believing friends and family, none of them lost core relationships because of it. So if you do it right, you don't really have to worry about that. People will understand and they'll be forced to face the fact that uh, there's this person that they love and that they care about and who's a good person who just doesn't believe in, uh, you know, supernatural anymore, or whatever the case may be. And there's also a real joy and pride that comes from being able to really be who you are and say what you think without having to bottle it up or keep it hidden. Maybe he's feeling some of this bottled up feeling, like he can't really be who he is or say what he thinks. And there might, be, when he comes out, there might even be some excitement, since we're part of a minority in this country, a minority who values science over tradition and critical thinking over intuitions and personal experiences and all that kind of thing. So my main advice to your friend would be this. Go for it. Be gentle and loving and honest, and it'll be fine. So great question. Uh, I hope my answer will be of some use to you or your friend. Hello, Luke. It's Jordan Peacock. Uh, we have a mutual friend in Mark Van Stinwick over at Jesus Manifesto, and I've been uh, following your correspondence with great interest. I feel uh, like you are twin pillars, and I'm grasping both of them. <laughs> the rationalist side that looks at the idea of a god as highly improbable with this mystic side of uh, Christian anarchism that sees great benefit to society in this reckless, self-sacrificial love of the other. And while I don't see much hope for Christianity as a whole or for classical theism, uh, nevertheless, there's something incredibly compelling that I've found about this concept of sacrificial love and radical in-groupness that includes all of humanity and all of the world that I haven't really been able to disengage from. And uh, I've been very compelled by comments from people as diverse as Pete Rollins, the Irish postmodern theologian, who talks about the fidelity of betrayal and how you need to almost renounce Christianity to fulfill it. And Slavoj Žižek, who, even though he's an adamant atheist, you know, he's very uh, engaged with Christianity as a transformative force. 
Um, and even Albert Einstein kind of delves into that a little bit. So I guess the question posed to you is, do you see a place for that kind of Christianity, a, a Christianity that ends up tidying up the world and closing the doors behind itself, you know, that deconstructs everything, including itself, and Christ following as a social good, uncoupled from classic theism. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for your question, Jordan. Of course, I'm flattered to be called a pillar, especially when the other pillar is Mark Van Steenwick, whom I greatly admire. And yeah, I know what you mean. When I met Mark, I was kind of intoxicated by the picture of Jesus that I saw him living out, this nonviolent, radically loving, and sacrificial mission for all humanity. And I'm still very inspired by that vision, even though I'm not in the Christian mindset anymore. And as you know, Mark is quite radical and heretical, even in the way that he actually tries to be like Jesus. But in general, he's a fairly orthodox Christian in terms of supernaturalism and divine revelation and Holy Ghost and all that. But he does hang out with a lot of these people who might be called Jesus followers, who don't really believe in miracles or the atonement of sin by a human sacrifice or any of that anymore. But they're still basically trying to live and breathe the kingdom of God as Jesus preached it in their divorce from material goods, their nonviolent approach, their self-sacrificial love for others, their servanthood, and so on. And it sounds like you might be one of these Jesus followers, Jordan. And your question seems to be, is there a place for that kind of Christianity? Christianity without the chains of ancient Israel or metaphysical superstition. Christianity as like a social movement for restructuring the world with love from underneath rather than with power from above. And I guess my answer is that I hope there's a place for that kind of Christianity because I have little or no complaint with that kind of Jesus follower. In fact, they'll probably do more good in their lifetimes than I will do in mine. That kind of seriously committed love for others, I I think, makes the world a better place. And even if I thought we should just get rid of the whole Christian paradigm, I'm not sure I'd want to recommend that to people like you because (laughs) here's my thinking what if I succeed and this vision that compels you wanes and you become more ordinary or maybe you'd even come to think morality wasn't very important and you'd just turn into a hedonist or something so I think about that kind of thing with regard to Mark as well I'm not sure I even want Mark to see the light and become an atheist because then he might give up all the good that he's doing right now and do something else with his life. And I don't know if I'd want that. I had a discussion with Bible scholar James McGrath about this exact same topic, because James is a Christian, but he has plenty of doubts about the supernatural and so on. And I think there's two ways you could argue here. On the one hand, you could say, 
look, this whole Christian package has got to go. It's got too much baggage. This radical love and self-sacrifice and nonviolence, that's all great, but you can do all those things more effectively if you leave behind the baggage of 2,000 years of superstition and theology and confusion. If you take all that baggage with you, it'll trip you up all over the place. And so, and it'll trip up others as well, since they'll assume that just because you want to be like Jesus also means you must endorse superstition and religion and the supernatural and all of that. So, it's best if we start from scratch and just do radical love and self-sacrifice and non-violent resistance to powers. Do all that just on their own without bringing along all this confused baggage from 2,000 years of ancient Mesopotamian religion. So that's one way you could argue. But the other way you could argue goes like this. It says, look, why start from scratch if we've got all these symbols and values and meanings in this particular interpretation of Jesus, and people already identify with it and understand it, why not run with it? It's just too much work to start from scratch. Most people can't even do that. And there's just too much confusion that comes when you're working in a paradigm that surprisingly few people in America understand, which is atheism. I mean, just look at the misunderstanding atheists have to put up with. People think that just because you don't believe in Yahweh, therefore you have no morals or meaning or purpose in life. So it's better if you do good from within a set of symbols and stories that people are already comfortable with and they already understand, and a set of symbols that already inspires them. So they're much more likely to catch the fire about you know nonviolence and radical self-sacrificial love. They're much more likely to catch that fire if you're operating within the Christian set of symbols and stories and inspiration than if you tell them that they have to give up their whole way of seeing the world for something completely unknown and build up their entire worldview again from scratch at age 40. People just don't work that way, generally. So that's the other way of arguing. And I think they're both pretty compelling arguments. I'm not sure which way to go. I suspect there's probably a place for both of them, because some people are going to be capable of throwing everything out and starting from scratch. I went that way, and I'm happy with how it turned out, and I'm still inspired to make the world a better place and, uh, you know, sacrifice for others and promote non-violent resistance to powers, that kind of thing. Uh, but I completely started from scratch. But for some people, that's just not going to happen. And moreover, there are some people I'm just not going to be able to reach or inspire because my way of talking about things is just too alien for them, with naturalism. It's just too alien for them. But if somebody else comes along who really just wants to love people like Jesus did and doesn't pay much attention to doctrinal disputes about supernatural theories, then these people might be able to get on board with that. So I suspect both approaches can work, and on some days I'm in the mood to just toss out the whole Christian system altogether because it just causes so much confusion. And on other days, I'm in a mood to pick up the mantle of an atheistic Jesus follower. So, I suppose that's not an answer to your question, but that's how I think about these things. And, you know, 
the radical followers of Jesus who don't place so much emphasis on the supernatural, they're a group of people that I'd very much like to interact with more. I'm sure you know some of them, Jordan. So please do bring them by commonsenseatheism.com and encourage them to start some fruitful discussions even if uh, there's not really a post that they can comment on that fits on the subject matter, they can just post anywhere. And, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. That's it for this episode. Remember, you can ask your own audio question very easily. Just call 413-723-0175 and then press 1 to leave a message and hang up when you're done. And then I'll answer your question on the show. So until next time... Peace.